Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy Griffin, 910 now on KDXU. And uh, we actually have, let's see if I can push the buttons and do this right. Chris Stewart was supposed to be on. He's just now calling. He got delayed a little bit. Let's see if we can get Chris on here. Chris, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Oh, yeah, a little bit late. I'd almost given up on you. I'm so glad you're calling. I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, just to take a couple of minutes, Chris, and uh, we have a lot to worry about. Of course, out here in the West, especially in the, in the Southwest Desert, we're worried about water and other things. But there are some things going on in the world that I know have you concerned. Well, I think they, they got everyone concerned. My gosh, how could you not watch the world and grow concerned? And it happens here at home and it happens abroad. But, you know, one of the things that uh, we're really concerned about right now is what's Vladimir Putin going to do with Ukraine? Yeah. And how is this president? Does he have the strength? Does he have the respect to persuade Vladimir Putin not to not to invade Ukraine? And the fact is, is that he hasn't. He hasn't been able to do that. I don't think he's really that interested in it. And it's just not good for world. It's not good for European security. It's not good for anyone if we allow, you know, for for Russia to go take another free and independent nation, something we haven't seen since, you know, 1968 with Hungary. Is there uh, right now, I mean, obviously we're a long way from that border. Uh, is there right now hostilities? Are, are they are there clashes going on right now or is it all right? A lot of uh, uh, kind of buildup. Well, I mean, there are clashes in the sense that, A, he took Crimea, which was part of the Ukraine, then he took some of the eastern region of Ukraine, as you know, and that's been uh, kind of a simmering war for the last, what, six years. But there's hostilities there every day. There's Ukrainians that are killed in that in that uh, battle every day. Uh, but we don't hear much about it. Um, but this is this thing that Putin is proposing now or, or threatening now is very, very different. I mean, it's a full-scale invasion. It's wow. more than a hundred thousand troops, and it's uh, and like I said, it, in America we go well. You know what? What does what does it really matter? It really does matter. I mean, it threatens international security from almost every front. And by the way, Andy, I'm not proposing at all, and I would not propose that we send U.S. soldiers to Ukraine. I don't think that's necessary. It shouldn't be necessary. And and they are not a member of NATO. It shouldn't be our responsibility. But this president could stop Vladimir Putin from doing it if he would do certain things now. But as I said, he's not been willing to do that. What what does he need to do? Obviously, diplomacy is, is needed right now. Does Joe Biden have the skills necessary to, to do something about this? Well, we'll see. I mean, if you were to do, like, as I said, two or three things. Number one is he, he's got to uh, he, he's got to make it clear that if he goes into the Ukraine, that, that we will preposition and build and, and move troops to Poland and to Latvia to defend actual members of NATO. The other thing is he's got to make Vladimir Putin realize that we will make it impossible for them to do international monetary transactions. 
And, and, and that would make a, an enormous difference to them. We, everyone talks about sanctions, and yeah, sanctions might make a little bit of difference, but they're already sanctioned. All of the oligarchs around Vladimir Putin are already severely sanctioned. You've got to make it so that the people in Russia, the regular folks, feel a little pain, and then they won't support Vladimir Putin in this effort. Because the truth is, is that most Russians don't want him to do this, and the Ukrainians don't want them to do this. It's not like they're, the Ukrainians are waiting for Russia to come save them. They're, they're willing to fight this, so which brings me to the last point, and that is you've got to say we will arm the resistance. We will help the resistance because there's a, an enormous resistance effort there that says we will fight Russian troops in our nation. And, and if you were to say those things and make it clear that we'd actually do those things, it would make it so painful for Putin that he probably wouldn't do this. But have you heard the president suggest any of that? Because no. the truth is, is that he hasn't at this point. No, he sure hasn't. Um, what do you think, Chris, uh, Vladimir Putin's motive is here? Uh, you know, it used to be back, back in the 80s when you and I were growing up, uh, the motivation, it seemed like the Soviet Union wanted to, to dominate the world. Is, is there still some lingering thoughts that way? No, there's no doubt about it. And Vladimir Putin makes that clear. He thinks the greatest catastrophe of the last century was the fall of the USSR. And he has said, we're going to rebuild it. And he's already done that in some ways. I mean, he controls finance ministers and defense ministers, and in some cases, even prime ministers of former Warsaw Pact countries. And he does it through threats, and he does it through bribery, and he does it through a lot of the means that you would expect. But he has made it very, very clear. We will not allow the Ukraine to turn towards the West. We won't allow them to have trade with the West, to have friends with the West, or certainly to join NATO. And, uh, and again, now that's kind of the red line for him. That's what he says that they want. But that's not all that he wants. He looks at this administration, and this is very clear. He looks at this administration, and he knows this is my chance. If I can't do it now, I'll never be able to, but I can do it now because this president is so weak. This president is so fickle. And by the way, do you think President Xi in China isn't watching this? Yeah. It's very clearly he is, and they're taking lessons from this, and they're watching this very, very closely. Yeah, they've got their eye on Taiwan right now. So, uh, all right. Well, Chris, I can sense the frustration in your voice. I know you're a man of action. I'm a man of action, too. Is there anything we can do about any of this? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to uh, we have to change a, a leadership here in the United States and bring someone back, bring someone in who will have the respect of our international allies mm. and who will have a little bit of respect and fear of uh, of our adversaries. Uh, and I wish I could say it was something different than that. Short of that, because that's obviously three years away, we need to pressure the administration. We need to have Congress pressure the administration in order to, you know, not just throw their hands up in the air and say, well, there's nothing we can do about this, because there is. And it's important for the U.S. to show leadership in this. Important. Absolutely. We, world leadership, like like we used to be. All right, Chris, I know you yep. got to go. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us and uh, keep fighting the good fight out there in D.C. Thank you so much, Andy. Apologize for being a little late. Uh, forgive me. I'll come back and we'll make it up. And, and when you're in town, we'll do lunch. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Thank you, uh, sir. Right. Bye-bye. See you later. We have a long way from home talking about the Ukraine and Russia. Now uh, let's bring it close to home. 
as Don Willie joins me on the program. Don is the CEO and president of the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce. Big night earlier this week for you, Don, and for the uh, Chamber of Commerce as you honored some local heroes uh, at a at a gala. I think it was a Saturday night. It was it was a pretty awesome show. It was Saturday night. It was an awesome show, and, and we were honored to be able to recognize uh, three amazing pillars in our community. Um, it just, you know, it's one of those, with, with so much that's gone on, you know, we, we hear uh, what Representative Stewart's talking about, and, and there's a lot of things that can get us down, and, and this was a night of celebration um, and optimism. So it was great to be able to have uh, Stephen Wade and Terry Kane and Dr. Wayne Provost join us for that event to recognize them as our 2022 RSA Award recipients. That's the highest honor that the Chamber offers um, and also serves as a fundraiser for the foundation, the Chamber Foundation. I wanted to talk, of course, Stephen Wade, fantastic pillar of the community, Terry Kane with her with her service to the community. I was so impressed with Dr. Provost as well and his work with, I mean, here's a guy, he could have done pretty much anything he wanted a few years back. He could have, he could have, he could have moved to Cancun or Bahamas or whatever, and just sat on a beach sipping Mai Tais or whatever. But instead he decided, you know what, uh, let's, let's go to Utah's Dixie and let's, let's innovate and innovate. He has done. I mean, you know that you know that person that you just know is never going to retire, right? We, yeah. we all know that person who <laughs> yeah. they've been successful, and you know they just can't take a day off, right? They're maybe maybe they'll take one day off, they'll retire, take a breather, and then they're going to be right back at it. And that's that's him, and uh, it really is impressive. I mean, most people, um, everyone in this, I, I would venture to guess that a good portion of people in this world have been impacted by. Um, Wayne Provost, and it's it's funny because he, most people just will never know. So he was one the inventor of the pop tab. So anytime you open and close a cereal box, that reclosable pop oh, or yeah. the re- reclosable tab, he's the one that invented that. Wow. Um, so you think of every stay-at-home mom or dad in the world that's got four kids that they're managing and trying to keep cereal fresh by <laughs> keeping it closed. We all know we all know the struggle of reclosable tabs, right? Yeah. Um, but he's the one to thank for that. And he also was the inventor of the insulin pump. Um, so a lot of people have been blessed wow. by his inventions and impacted. And that's just scratching the surface. Since he, since he came to DSU five years ago, um, he's been responsible for um, at least shepherding over 170 patents. And that puts us in competition with some of the best research universities in this country. It's an incredible number when you think about that. What would you say, 172? Amazing. 170 times, yep. Amazing number, and it's happening right here in St. George. You and I are biased, Don. Obviously, we live here. We love where we live. But uh, when you think about some of the amazing things that are going on in this town that are not – these are things that happen like in, in, in you know, Silicon Valley or in, in New York City or you know some of the places where there's this huge glut of population – we have a lot of people in St. George, but not like not millions like those places. And yet, things are getting done, and patents are being made, and things are being invented and manufactured. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Truly, is it's, you know I, I think over the last few years we've had this notion in our community that you know there's, it's it's on the verge of a, a tech explosion, and you know I, I appreciate that, and and I you know there's even an article written recently that really just kind of highlighted tech ridge and the the key to me you know as in my position of the chamber um and as as a convener of, of other business leaders 
it's this is the center of innovation for the state of Utah, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I don't think we talk enough about that. And I don't think that we get enough credit um, for that because we truly, it's not just about tech. It's about the ingenuity, the innovation, um, the grit, the drive of the individuals in this community. And it's not just going to be about tech emerging. Tech is coming, right? It's, it's, it's very much a big, it will be a big player in our economy in the future. But it's so much more than that. We are really, really becoming a startup hub, a place where we drive innovation and we launch companies to respond to needs in the economy and in the community. I had uh, McCray Hepler on last week. McCray is uh, one of those guys that's got his finger on the pulse of uh, commerce here in southern Utah. He, he talked about tech. He says it's kind of an umbrella word. With tech, of course, we think, we think of tech, we think of maybe, you know, an Internet company or a software company, but there's so many different aspects to tech. There's tech in manufacturing. There's tech in medical. And uh, that's one area in St. George that, you know, we're right on on the cutting edge. Uh, the medical technology uh, involved here in southern Utah is also also huge. Uh, I mean, we're, we're just, it, it's amazing what's happening here. I wanted to say one thing, Don, when, when I, I remember in the late 80s, and then finally I moved here in the early 90s, I remember the, the joke was, well, you, you can live in St. George, but you're going to have to take less. You're going to have to get paid less. And it was, I guess, a joke, but it wasn't really a joke because the university played, paid less. Everything paid a little bit less than if you were in Salt Lake or Denver or Phoenix or whatever. Uh, but that was the price of living here because it was such a great place. And I wondered if that was ever going to change. And then what we've seen, Don, is it actually changing from the inside out. Companies are coming here, even though maybe yeah. originally they were, were going to get paid less. They were coming here and creating their own industry and their own wages. It changed, but it changed in a different way than any of us imagined. I think so. And, and that internal pressure is going to be really something that we have to reconcile with as a community. And, and we saw, we saw that pressure through COVID, right? I mean, we always talk about Arby's offering 18, $20 an hour, whatever they were, they were trying to um, get people in the door with. Right. So we, we saw those pressures and then you've got the pressures that come from these businesses that either move here or, or start here, you know, things uh, in businesses like intergalactic Zonos, Vasion, I mean, they really are the ones that are creating pressure, but that does cause pressure throughout the community. And so it, it, it's an exciting time for some businesses. It, it's daunting and scaring because it applies pressure to them. Um, and especially as we're faced with inflation right now, I mean, it, it's kind of this perfect storm. So good things are happening, but it's also bringing in some pressures that are, are really going to um, uh, create some issues for businesses. So we, we are cognizant of that. Um, we're optimistic and, and excited about the future, but we do realize that there are things that we do need to, to be watching um, and supporting businesses with. In fact, yesterday we launched um, our business outlook survey. This is something new the chamber will be doing on an annual basis, uh, but launching a survey to business leaders to collect data from them about their outlook and what they're thinking about in the future. Are they growing? Are they um, shrinking as an industry, as a business? What are their top issues that they're facing um, what are the things that they're most optimistic about? How have they responded to COVID and how has it impacted them? So we're doing this community-wide, well, business leaders, but community-wide survey to really get a better feel for where our businesses are at um, and how best to be able to navigate not just the next few months, but the next few years. 
What's uh, I want to take that survey. What? Where do we go? Just your Chamber of Commerce website. Um, so we don't have. We just put it up last night on social media, so you oh, can okay. actually get on the Chamber social media pages on either Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, I also went out to all of our members yesterday as well. But that. But we we do invite every business leader uh, to jump in and take that survey. Uh, it's really we're really interested to see what the feedback is. We're already seeing these preliminary results, and it's it's different than I think what even we internally anticipated. Um, so it's, it's refreshing, right, to have some honest feedback um, about where we're at and where we're headed. Um, but I can tell that it's already showing a lot of great optimism for our community. Talking with, excuse me, talking with Don Willie, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Don, one of the things I talked with McCray about was the, the young people. Young people uh, here in St. George, there's an effort to make sure that the young people are ready for tech, ready to contribute to what St. George is becoming. I know you guys are starting to do something uh, with Chamber of Commerce. You've got a scholarship program you put together. That was an exciting announcement from uh, the gala. We launched our um, St. George Area Chamber of Commerce Foundation scholarship fund, uh, which will go to support students here locally. So there are constraints to it, uh, but we will be supporting students that attend either Dixie Tech or Dixie State University. Uh, it will be in, an independent scholarship, so it won't be offered through those institutions, but just through the chamber. Um, so we'll have information up on that uh, in the next few weeks, but it will be ready in time for the fall semester. Uh, so we're excited to be able to contribute to um, our, our not, not necessarily young, young individuals, but individuals pursuing uh, a post-secondary education, whether it's learning a trade or a skill uh, or an associate's or bachelor's degree. Um, and the key for the chamber's, uh, view on this is that we want it to be uh, about business and entrepreneurship. So they don't need to be getting a business degree. Um, they could be getting an art degree, but as long as their goal is to maybe launch an art gallery um, or, you know, maybe they go to massage school and, and they want to launch their own um, massage firm or they want to launch a financial institution of some kind, as long as that's part of their plan, this scholarship is for them because we want to drive uh, entrepreneurship and we want to reward that creativity and in, in building business in this community. That's awesome to hear, Don. Hey, I sat by a guy at the gala the other night who he wanted one of those geode rocks for his living room so bad that about every 10 seconds he would glance over at the silent auction to see if anybody else had signed up on the paper. It, it, was, almost like, it was almost like a security guard. Anytime anybody got close, he would go up and walk over there. I think he tried to give him a stink eye or something to get it away from that. But he ended, I, did, I think he ended up winning the bid, so that's good. Oh, good. Good. Well, it was fun. It was a worthy cause. Um, you know, we're, we're still tabulating uh, what the, the donations that have come in, but we're at this point, we're about $25,000 in donations that will go towards that scholarship and the, and the foundation. So, again, we're excited to implement that as a new element of, of this chamber. It's a, you know, it really is a, a signal to what this chamber is on the path to becoming. Um, and we can do more for this community. We can be more for our businesses. Um, and that's what we're, we're striving for. So we're excited about everything we've accomplished recently, but really even more excited about the future and the opportunities that await us together as a community as we move forward. Don was also the master of ceremonies for for the uh, gala on Saturday night. Do you like doing that sort of thing, or would you rather just hire a get get somebody else else to do that? Or do you enjoy that? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. How did I do? You tell me. Give you, me feedback. <laughs> you did great. In fact, your one faux pas was actually pretty funny and, and kind of the centerpiece of the – everybody loved it. And it's okay to screw up sometimes because people like it. <laughs> you know, I screw up a lot. We all we all mess up, and, and I think it it was the human that you get to see in them, right? Yeah, it enhances so, it, yep. <laughs> it's uh, it was a good laugh with my my wife following the event that evening. I, the funny thing is, I'm really hard to embarrass, and uh, I've got a I've got a pretty thick skin, um, so I can take quite a bit. And it was it was funny because I even had uh, Mitch Cloward, right? He was on the front row, yeah, uh, with the Air Mountain table, and he's he's making jabs at me while I'm up at the podium, and I can see it. Most other people can't see it, uh, but he's making jabs at me while I'm up there, and it was it was pretty awesome. But it was I think. <laughs> what it what it just showed is it was a group of friends right that that room um was more than just a a, a stuffy event that you go to once a year um I, I mentioned the word ethos of our community and, and to me that that event demonstrates the ethos of this community um that we're there for each other that we we truly are um bigger and better together than we are individually and collectively we can move the needle um, so much further and in such more impactful ways uh, than we can on our own. And I think that that was truly demonstrated uh, that evening. Well said, well said. Any, uh, we're short on time now. Any other events coming up that Chamber of Commerce is sponsoring that uh, we need to know about? Uh, yes, you do need to know. Next Wednesday is the State of Business. This has been our State of the Chamber every year where we talk about what's happening in the Chamber. We're going a little bigger this year, and we're talking about what's happening um, in the business community. So, uh, this is going to be a new, awesome event. It's sponsored uh, by University Federal Credit Union, so we're excited to have them joining us and supporting this event. It will be at the Dixie Convention Center next Wednesday at 1130. Oh, wow. uh, we hope everyone can join us from the community. We've got some exciting information to share, some updates about the chamber uh, and what we're looking forward to. Are you emceeing? I'm, I was hoping maybe you could uh, you could tell some funny jokes or something and screw up a little bit. Um, I will work on that. I, I may uh, pull you across, pull you aside, and get some uh, uh, tips from you. <laughs> yeah, so all I have is stay classy, San Diego, but that's been used. So. Don, thank, thank you for coming on today. Next Wednesday, State of the Chamber uh, at the Dixie Center at 11.30 a.m. I, I think you have a luncheon today, too, right? We do have a luncheon today. Um, that's the same thing, 1130 uh, at the Hilton Garden Inn. And you can register for both today's lunch and next Wednesday's State of the Chamber uh, on our Chamber website. So it's just stgeorgechamber.com. He's Don Willie. Thank you so much, Don. Thank you. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome to the program 935 on KDXU. It's a good day to be alive, and I have with me, sort of in studio, Brett Pruitt from Rowdy's Range at Firearms University. Hi, Brett. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming over today. It's uh uh, the, the the timing of a show is, is is something that you go in and you plan out and then you map it all out and yeah. and uh, what happened today was uh, I was supposed to have Chris Stewart on at exactly five minutes after nine o'clock. Well, he called at nine o nine, and and right after I had hooked up the phone line to get Don Willie on the air and. Uh, so then I had to kind of call an audible on the fly there, but uh, I appreciate you being patient. I know we're a couple of minutes late getting you on here. No, too, not but, at uh, all. Thanks for, for coming in. Finger all healed up. You 100% yet over there? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Yeah, we're That's good. good. That's good. Folks that don't know, Brett 
uh, did you dropped a sign on it or something like that? Is yeah, that, it was uh, a, a few months ago. Yeah, outdoor sign in it. Yeah, it was not a moment of brilliance, but it was painful too, right? Yeah, yeah. not too bad, not but too bad. Okay, it it uh, it more than tickled. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you had to go. You had to go to the hospital and get it all fixed. Yeah, up, I actually right? had to to get surgery. They didn't cut on it or anything, but oh. it was twisted up and mangled and. They stuck some pins in there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're all right and yeah. you're getting uh, full use back. But like 95% now? 90%? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's good. Okay. Uh, well, for those that don't know, at Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply, they have something called Firearms University. Uh, I was able to go through a couple of different uh, classes uh, with my wife. Uh, they were very enlightening. For me, I'd always, I'd, I'd never really shot a pistol. I was mm-hmm. a rifle guy. Yep. And, and so for me, Taking the fundamentals of, of, of pistols, of sidearms, was really enlightening because I learned a lot of things that you just don't learn when you take, you know, gun safety, regular rifle safety sure. or whatever. Yeah. And, and so and I appreciate Jason. Jason was our instructor for the first couple of classes we took, uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, I think the the biggest thing that came out of all that, <clears throat> excuse me, was I, I learned a lot. Uh, my wife learned a ton. I think it unveiled some of the... What's the word? People are kind of scared of guns a little bit. If you don't know anything about them, you, there's a certain innate fear. You yes. Know? Yeah. And then you hear about accidental shootings and things like that, and it, and it, it uh, enforces the fear right. that's inside people that don't know anything about guns. And so for me it, and my wife, it helped to kind of peel away some of the fables, some of the the myths yeah. around around guns and, and owning guns and, and, and stuff. That's not to say that we shouldn't be careful and that there are certain <laughs> ca- precautions that need to be taken. But yeah. uh, to me, for me, it really helped me and my wife to go, okay, we know this about a gun. And it's the old saying, it sounds stupid, but a gun never killed anybody by itself. That's right. You know, That's... And it kind of unveiled, it kind of took the curtains off of that for us. Yeah, hopefully what it did is turned a, an innate fear into a healthy respect. Exactly. And so exactly. That, that's kind of what happens when you learn how they work, why they work, why they don't work, yeah. how to make them safe and, and handle them safely. It, it takes away the fear. It replaces it with respect. And um, that's a good place to be. It's a stupid little thing here, but, you know, I think a lot of people believe that if you have a magazine in a gun that it could go off at any time, not realizing that most, most, maybe if not all pistols, not counting revolvers, you can't shoot it until you chamber it or cock the gun. It, it will not go off until you do that. Yeah, there's a couple of points I'll make. The guns have never gone off by themselves. There are some stories out there of safeties failing and oh the gun went off by itself mm. there's movie sets where people claim the gun just went off by itself yeah some some famous <laughs> guy said that i think yeah yeah and <clears throat> it it simply does not work that way mm. um in order to have a gun accident three things must be present a gun ammunition and a human a human. If you remove any one of those three elements, a gun accident cannot happen. It is an impossibility. Yeah. And so if you have a gun and a human and no ammunition, we're good. Yeah. If you have ammunition and a human and no gun, we're still good. And if yeah. you have a gun and ammunition but no human, we're still good. Yeah. It's when all three are present that that dangerous things can happen. And so... That's where that 
that healthy respect needs to come in and realizing that if all three of these things are present and you perform certain actions, potentially something negative could occur. And so that's why we have all the procedures, protocols, behaviors in place when we're dealing with a firearm and ammunition and we as humans are present so we can avoid those things. Yesterday I was watching, you know, went down the rabbit hole of Facebook, was uh-huh. was scrolling through, and I scrolled across this video of this guy. He was dancing with a gun in his hand. And two seconds into the video, because of the classes I've taken, I looked, I, I was able, I looked over at his hand and his finger was on the trigger. Not, you know, where you're supposed to keep your mm-hmm. finger when you're holding a gun unless you're ready to fire. And so... I knew before the video came to its peak there what was going to happen. That gun was going to go <laughs> off accidentally because yeah. that idiot was dancing, holding a gun with his finger on the trigger. And, of course, then it happened. And yep. I, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I don't consider myself a smart guy or a genius. I just I knew as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard to determine when you know what you're looking for. It's not hard to determine what's going to happen when certain things are in play. Yeah. Uh, back to Firearms University. So we've got a, a pretty cool deal coming up. Uh, it's a class. Brett's going to teach it. It's, a, it's called Counter Criminal Psychology. It's on February 2nd, right? Yes, February, February 2nd, 2nd, 6 p.m. At 6 o'clock at night. And uh, right now, uh, if you'll register for the class, we'll knock 15 bucks off. It's usually 40 bucks. You can get in the class for $25. I'm going to be there along with my wife. And, of course, Brett will be there teaching the class. Uh, it's one I've looked forward, for, forward to for quite some time. In fact, I, I felt like I had to take those kind of beginner's classes first before I got into your class <laughs> because I wanted to at least somewhat know what I was doing when I got to your class. Yeah, the, this class doesn't deal with the mechanics of handling a pistol. It doesn't deal with the mechanics of shooting a pistol. It, it's completely separate. It doesn't even deal with the psychology of handling a gun or, or firing a gun. It um, has everything to do with Seeing a bad situation before it turns into an unescapable situation Hmm. and removing yourself from it. Um, There are several factors that go into that, and we cover quite a bit of stuff in the class. I I love this class. It is my absolute favorite class to teach. Um, Unfortunately, it's it's hard to describe what you're going to get from the class. not because it's a secret or anything, but just because most people don't think about this stuff when they think of guns. They think of putting a hole in a piece of paper. Even if they're going to carry a gun for self-defense, they think about putting it in a holster on their hip, yeah. and they're walking around. And And a lot of people are familiar with uh, color codes, states of awareness, and, the, and and that's fine. That's a decent way to teach this concept, but it's an incomplete picture of what is going on and we take not a super deep dive because it's it's only an hour and a half class but we we take a little deeper dive than just condition white condition yellow condition orange so on and so forth and so um part of the influence or inspiration for for a portion of this class i don't know if you're familiar with lawrence gonzalez uh he's an author he wrote uh quite a few books. He's Mm -hmm. Everyday Survival, Deep Survival, Surviving Survival. 
And that's not what you think it is. He's not talking about, you know, hoarding water and drinking getting, your own urine right, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, he's not Bear grills. He's not. <laughs> yeah. He talks about the psychology of survival and why certain people survive and others don't in disasters, mm-hmm. in scenarios where they're lost outdoors, in everyday events. You're driving down the road and there's an object in the highway. And certain people will crash into it and others will avoid it. And he talks about that. And it's, it's a fascinating perspective on, on uh, psychology for ourselves. Now, in the class, we also go over criminal psychology, what they're looking for, how they act and behave. Um, but one of the most important points in, in the class is, is how you're seeing yourself in the world. So and how you're viewing the world. The the goal is not to make you paranoid, folks out there. The goal is to make you maybe more aware. Would would that be a better word for it? Absolutely. I mean, just to give you an example, um, Lawrence Gonzalez writes of, of a story. His grandmother used to smoke, and her ashtray was a ceramic rattlesnake. It was coiled up, and hmm. that was the ashtray that she used, and that brought back memories from him. Well, he was out in the desert. And he sees a coiled-up rattlesnake. And for a half a second, he reaches out to touch it because he didn't view an actual real coiled-up rattlesnake as a danger. Hmm. He uh, correlated that with his grandmother. And then he snapped out of it. He goes, hey, that's a real snake. There's some danger here. And so different examples of that that he he, uh, brings up. And the whole class doesn't revolve around him, but... uh, um, you can definitely get a better perspective on where this class comes from, from his writings and whatnot. Talking about uh, firearms with Brett Pruitt from Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply and Firearms University. We've got that special class coming up. It's not very far away, February 2nd. What's the phone number to call if they want to get registered? Or what's the best way? Do we go website? What, what do you think? You can go to the website. <clears throat> Unfortunately, on the website, the price for the class is the regular price. It's the $40 price. Okay. So the best way to do it is to call in. It's 435 435- Two seven five two five five zero, and they can talk to anybody there. Say, hey, I want to register for the class on February second. They'll put them on the list. They can pay when they come in, and uh, we'll take care of it that way. No issues at all. So. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned radio at all, and uh, you got fifteen dollars off. Yeah, so. absolutely. Very cool deal. All right, uh, I'm going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll uh, take some calls. If you want to talk to Brett, uh, feel free to call us at 435-673-5890. I have been remiss. I've been checking my messages. Yeah, we have a message or two as well that we'll get to when we come back, Brett. Okay? All right, hang in there. We'll uh, Let's see. We'll take a commercial break. When we come back, we've got more with Brett Pruitt. I did want to mention before I go to break, Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant, and his specialty is taking care of you. Customer service, that's what it's all about. He's with New American Funding, and the idea for Joe is to make sure that everybody is uh, up to date on what's happening with their loan. Instead of Signing a paper and forgetting about it for months and then, oh, by the way, you got to sign Friday at 3.30. No, he keeps you apprised of exactly what's going on with your loan all along the way. It's Joe Shoney, loan consultant. You go online, his reviews are phenomenal. In fact, he has a perfect score at Google right now, 5.0. So five out of five stars on Google. Uh, I think he's 4.9 if you go to the New American Funding uh, website and read the reviews there. It's phenomenal. It's Joe Shoney. His local number here is 435-319-8214. Joe Sony is in NMLS 121041. Be right back. 
Did he really say that? It's the Andy Griffin Show, weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Good morning to you. I'm Andy Griffin, 951 on KDXU. That that little liner I just played, did he really say that? Years ago, I was doing a basketball tournament. By the way, Brett Pruitt with the Rowdy's Range is with me here today. Hey, Brett. Hey. Um, I was doing a basketball tournament, and uh, I did like, I want to say either six or eight games in one day. So, oh, wow. I mean, we were fried. Mike McGarry and I were there. In fact, we did like, I think we did eight games. So we did the first four together, and then I'm like, Mike, I got to take some time off. And then we did every other game by ourselves the rest of the night. But uh, about five or six games into it, lady comes up to me. It was my turn to have the game off. Mm-hmm. And she comes up to me, and she says, hey, I got a problem. I'm like, um, okay. She said, you said my son wasn't hustling on one of those plays. I said, uh, okay, because <laughs> I, I didn't remember saying it. I mean, okay. we're talking about like six games ago. And, uh-huh. and uh, she said, I, I really don't appreciate that you said my son wasn't hustling because I think he was hustling on the play. And I said, I said, ma'am, with all due respect, I don't remember saying that. And I don't remember your son. And I don't remember anything about the play. <laughs> Uh, I've been on the radio for six or seven hours now, and I probably did say that, and I apologize, but that's the way it goes. Mama then, Bear was coming after yeah, you. Yeah, huh? yeah, and uh, and so and then Mike McGarry's like, "Did you really say that?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't remember, to be quite honest." Yeah, so knows? when you're on the radio a lot, that's what happens. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did two. You know, basketball's pretty short. You can basketball games ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Football though, we were high school two hours and fifteen minutes. A college three hours. Uh, we did uh, two college games in one day, so I'm five hours into it. And a lady texts my phone and says, "You said my husband was fat," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and I guess her husband was one of the officials, one of the referees. Uh, and the comment I had made was, "Well, the only guy with a bigger belly here in the stadium is me." So I was actually making fun of myself, uh-huh. but she didn't appreciate it. And anyway, yeah. Oh. So I really did say that, and I. I'll probably say it again, and I'll probably get in trouble, and somebody will yell at me, but that's, that's the way it works. If you're not is. getting in trouble, you're not doing your job. That's right. The key is if you can have everybody mad at you, that's then right. you know you're that's doing right. something right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Brett, thanks for coming on today. Looking forward to our class at Counter-Criminal Psychology on Feb- February the 2nd. Uh, what's that phone number one more time if I want to register for the class? 435-275-2550. Give us a call at the shop. We'll get you into the class. Uh, we got plenty of room. Um, we can fit a lot of people in our classroom, got a good-sized classroom. So give us a call and uh, come yeah. on over. And you can always pop in, too, to Rowdy's Range at 610 Industrial Drive. Uh, they have uh, the climate-controlled shooting, uh, oh, shooting yeah. lanes over there. And every one thing I love about your, your shop there, Brett, is uh, I, I'm, a pro, I'm kind of a newbie when it comes to pistols. Okay. And so I'll go in and I'll... I'll ask a question, and instead of people treating you like you're stupid, mm-hmm. which I they probably could because I probably am, eh. they're like, no, no, yeah, let me explain this to you, and they'll sit down and explain to me, you know, whatever it might be, how how many, you know, how many bullets a magazine will hold or, or whatever, you know, yeah. just bas- basic little things that uh, maybe a, a seasoned shooter might take for granted. But, yeah, and that that's one thing I love about my guys, and and quite honestly, won't tolerate the other behavior from them, but. It comes naturally to them. All of all of our salespeople, um, for one, don't work on commission, which is a good thing. But yeah. two, are genuinely there to help people 
find what they need, find what they want, and in ex- and explain it in such a way that it makes sense to them. We're all on different paths. Yeah. We're all at different places in our gun journey. Um, some people are walking in and have never been into a gun store before. Some people are walking in and have shot in the Olympics. Um, yeah. And so from that extreme to the other, um, we're happy to help anybody. Uh, so it's, you know, people come into a gun store because they want to, not because they have to. You go to the grocery store because you have to. Yeah. You go to the gas station because you have to. You go to the gun store because you want to. You want to be there. You're curious. You you want something new or you want something, you know, you're just there to have a good time. And so it's, it's an awesome environment to work in. Uh, I love our customers. I hope they love us. But um, regardless, even if they don't love us, I love them still. So it's, it's a ton of fun. One of the texts I got earlier in the show, and I apologize for just getting it to uh, getting to it now. Somebody texted in and said, um, "I don't feel comfortable carrying my gun everywhere, especially to church. Uh, but I have a concealed carry. Should I?" And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Should, should I? Should I be worried? Should I be wearing it everywhere? The number one rule of a gunfight is to have a gun. Mm-hmm. So there's this thought out there that if you're not going to carry it everywhere, why carry it at all? Well, that's great, but people live real lives, mm-hmm. and there are certain concerns. And in some cases, you can't carry it in the church. If the church has made it known that they don't want guns in church, you can't take it in there in Utah. That's that's a statutory limitation there. Um, if the church hasn't made that announcement, you can, but... Uh, if they're not comfortable carrying it in church, that's fine. Don't don't carry it in church. Um, I, I don't carry mine. I I, I don't carry mine twenty four seven. I I usually do at work and, and certain other places. Maybe if I go shopping or whatever. But the, I, I'm kind of like this guy that texted me. Sometimes I'm not comfortable wearing it, and I don't bring mine to church. Sure, uh, but but I know some people do. Yeah, and, and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. the the great thing. So. Um, my business partner, one of them, doesn't carry a gun everywhere he goes, and that's okay. Um, you know, comfort in what you're doing is is an important part of your everyday routine. Another text says, "Hey, I let's see if I can. I'm gonna let me paraphrase it because it's pretty okay. long. All right. Uh, basically, I see the point of carrying a sidearm, but what's the point of having a big gun like an AR or or one of those other big rifles if you're not a hunter?" That, that's the paraphrasing of what the question was. Well, the sporting aspect of shooting, or the, the, the sport aspect of shooting is is an often forgotten part of shooting. Um, True. Some, some of the funnest times I've had, we didn't go out and shoot a ton of rounds, but we took a three oh eight rifle, bolt-action rifle out, took an AR-15 and AR-10 out, and shot maybe 20 rounds at distant targets just to see if you could hit them. Hmm. And... Um, so it's that challenge. It's it's no different than building a car that drives faster than the speed limit. Now, if you're in a controlled environment like a racetrack, right. something like that, then it's the challenge of controlling that car under speed and, and other conditions. Um, it's it, It's no different than anything else. It's the challenge of doing something. So the sport aspect of firearms um, is reason enough for me. Um, 
at the same time, let's not forget that any community, any society that has been subdued by despots hmm. has been an unarmed society because an armed society is, is not subject to a despot. Um, armed people are citizens. Unarmed yeah. people are subjects. Yeah, good point. We've used it up already. It's uh, it's 9.59. Brett Pruitt, again, the class is February 2nd. One more time on the phone number, Brett. 435-275-2550. There it is. So we'd love to have you there. I'll be there. My wife and I will be there. Come say hi and come hang out with me and Brett and be cool, right? Absolutely. Thank you, Brett.